0: Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride post-game show.
1: Watson takes the snap. Here comes pressure. And Frank Clark takes it down. The shirt, it's jaws. On the official
0: broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Right on a corner pattern for Williams, and the pass is intercepted. The honey badger got him. And did I say Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now.
0: The Arrowhead Pride post game show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino, where it's at.
1: Mahomes has time here. Throws it long. He's got a man in the middle of the field. Watkins, 15, 10, 5.
2: Here's Jay Binkley. 22 to 16, the Kansas City Chiefs win tonight. Different fashion. It was the defense stepping up tonight for the Kansas City Chiefs, only allowing 16 points tonight for the Denver Broncos. Chiefs were sixth in the NFL in points per game at 21.6, but the defense stood out tonight. Out about Honey Badger, two interceptions. One to seal the fate. I'm Jay Binkley with Kramer Sansone producing the operation. The Chiefs are one of two teams now that clinched their ticket to the NFL playoffs. Now the AFC West will have to wait another week because of the Raiders' miracle from Carr to Rugs, and it truly was a miracle. The Jets are dumb, but you know what? I think they're playing smart. I'll get to that in just a little bit, but... The Raiders now with seven wins. The Chiefs with 11. This is unbelievable. I mentioned last week, Andy Reid now, seven of his eight years with the Chiefs, has at least 10 wins. Now he's got 11 as the Chiefs ride a seven-game winning streak. It's unbelievable what this team is doing. And not only that, with the Saints and Chiefs going to the postseason, a W is a W. Let's all remember that. Take that into account. A win is a win. This defense of the Broncos. What did they do? They limited the Chiefs 0 for 4 in the red zone. Yes, the Chiefs got a touchdown from 20 yards out, just a share, just a, just a hair above the red zone to Travis Kelsey. We can call that red zone whatever you wanted to, but it was a 20-yard strike. That's the one touchdown for the Chiefs in this game. But the defense kept standing up time after time after time, forcing two more turnovers on two picks by Drew Locke. Yes, the running defense. Wasn't good, 177 yards for the Broncos. And really, the Broncos, you go back to that 144 yards they had, the Chiefs five out of six games before this one, that was the biggest total what the Broncos were able to do running against the Chiefs. Now, the Broncos and Fangio admitted it after the game. When it was fourth and three, he should have gone for it, but you know what he did? He punted it. Over six minutes left. What Mahomes do? Took as much time down the clock, Harrison Butker, Drills a 48-yard field goal. Would have been 43, but they backed it up five yards for penalty. 48 yards. Harrison Butker was amazing tonight. Five for five. It's good to see Harrison kicking like that. He also made a tackle tonight, too. How about that for kickers? Kickers stand up right there for Harrison Butker. But a win is a win. And you look up and down the NFL slate, and there's close games all over the place, unless you're the Chargers that get hammered by the Patriots. And I'll be shocked if Anthony Lynn's uh, – Key card works uh, going forward, but regardless, Andy Reid is now thirty-one and four against the division. He's beaten the Broncos twice this year. He's one for one against the Raiders. He's One and zero against the Chargers. He has another shot at them at the end of the season. But his dominance with this in this division. This was the eleventh win in a row by the Chiefs over the Broncos. The Broncos were a team that had beaten the Chiefs 7th straight before this streak started against Denver and seeing what the chiefs are doing against this team and doing against other team is the mark of consistency. Now the chiefs had an 11 game winning streak against the Broncos from 64 to 69. But the bottom line is they keep beating records. Patrick Mahomes now 31 touchdowns. He owns number one and number two now in the chiefs annals as far as touchdowns. And how about Travis Kelsey five straight years now of a thousand yards no tight end has ever done that in the history of the game. It's why he is the best tight end in the NFL. And I don't even think there's an argument for it. Greg Olson had three straight 1,000 yard seasons and Travis Kelsey tied him two years ago, that he does a four, that he does a five. He's the only tight end with five 1,000 yard years. He happened to do it in consecutive games. Travis Kelsey now 24 games with a hundred uh, or more receiving yards. He's done it. In, three, in four of the last five games. Tony Gonzalez had 26, so he's too shy of that. Now, the NFL record for most 100-yard games by a tight end in their career, Tony G, 31. Rob Gronkowski, 29. Travis Kelsey, 24. Travis Kelsey should be alone in this, in history. But they had the fight. They had the claw. The Denver Broncos, as Mitch Holtus said they expected a dogfight. And yes, there was that kick return touchdown and a pick six touchdown in Denver. Now, I will say this. Tyreek Hill caught what I think was the NFL catch of the year. But it didn't go for a touchdown because they didn't review it. And Tyreek Hill didn't sell it. He didn't think he caught it. And Andy Reid had said after the game, and we'll play his comments, that he's never seen a play like that before in the NFL because usually receivers think they catch everything. And you have a guy like Tyreek Hill that came in as the second-leading receiver in the NFL, and he's like, okay, if he's not selling it, do we challenge it? Now, in hindsight, in retrospect, Andy Reid wishes he would have challenged it. It might not have made this game as close as it ended up being. But the different Broncos gave the Chiefs a shot. Again, being the number one team in the AFC, you make a lot of teams years by them beating you. And the Chiefs have gotten the best effort from a lot of different teams. Some call it playing down to the competition – How about the competition playing up against the Super Bowl champions? How can we beat the Kansas City Chiefs? It's what they go through in the offseason, at the Senior Bowl, at the Combine. It's getting players to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. It's what they want to do. And Denver, unable to get the job once again. And you know, at the end of the game, the last three weeks, the Chiefs have been brilliant. And I know people look at that Raiders game. And it was great. Patrick Mahomes leads them down for a touchdown. And they get it. They win the game. Great. Last week, I liked that just as much against Tom Brady. Because Patrick Mahomes twice picked up first downs in the final drive the Chiefs had with his legs. Third and seven, he throws the Tyree kill for eight yards, gets a first down. And he iced that game away. And tonight... He burned a lot of time off the clock. It didn't leave Drew Locke much time at the end of the game for the Denver Broncos. And the Chiefs put the game in the defense's hand. And that's the mark of a good team. One side picks up the other. The Chiefs not able to capitalize and get those touchdowns in the red zone. Again, Denver was the fourth best team in the NFL allowing touchdowns in the red zone. But they did a great job at it tonight, keeping Patrick Mahomes in this offense out. But the defense... Stood up. Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, 913 576 7610. Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer Text, or text Line, same number, 913
0: 576
1: 7610. Let's go, no huddle. At the 40 foot race, 30. See you later. A fade route, right, right side. It's intercepted. Intercepted. Got it. At the 20 yard line.
0: Taking your calls now at 913 576 7610.
2: No huddle, your reaction to the game brought to you by Evansville Distillery, Independence, Missouri. Local bourbon, local rum. And let me tell you something that right whiskey, fantastic. Throw a couple rocks in there, throw your whiskey in. Probably going to do that tonight. Let's go to the phone lines now 913 576 7610. Dan in KCK, you're first up. What's up, Dan?
3: Good morning, Bing.
2: How you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah, it was a great team win. It wasn't pretty, but the Chiefs got it done. Great great.
4: Uh, the
5: game-winning catch by like, Kelsey. Five straight seasons with, with 1,000 yards. And I'll tell you something. Oh, on the uh, Tyree Kills yeah, touchdown, the people upstairs should have warned Andy Reid. I don't know what the problem was. I don't know. I think usually, Tyree Kill spots that and uh, he you, you would cop the ball. But anyway, it was a great team team win. And I thought... Uh, the uh, Raiders are going to uh, lose that then, but the Jets are doing a good job going home 16. Let's take care of the Dolphins. Take care of something.
2: Thanks, Dan. Yeah, the Raiders, they get the job done. I'll tell you, though, is that Warren Kremdog, I said the Raiders, when they were 6-4 and four, through 10 games, they were 6-4 and four through 10 games a year ago. What'd they do this year? They went on and just got bombed by the Falcons. Today, they should have gotten beat by the Jets. They were in a blitz. Left Henry Ruggs, man the man against the first-year corner, undrafted. It's almost like they planned to do it. And everybody's on Adam Gaze's cage. I would be, too, but my theory is this. You don't fire coaches with the skill to get you to 0-16. You just don't do it. I know people want to fire Anthony Lynn. You know what? It's about draft position now with the vested uh, player contracts and the salary cap probably coming back. It's through the draft. That's the lifeblood of the organization. So, yeah, Adam Gase doing a fantastic job, and Greg Williams, fantastic job with that defense, to be quite honest with you.
6: You got to thank uh, Hugh Jackson was uh, the Browns' coach for, what, three years? And he only had, like, what, three wins? Just have Adam Gase there for three years, have him only have three wins.
2: Oh, yeah. The Browns, stating their case, a lot of people say, is this third-best team in the AFC? We'll see. Their best win on the year was the Colts, and then the day against the Titans. They had a 38-7 lead, and they barely hung on the win. So I'm not ready to crown the Cleveland Browns yet, but I'll crown this team because they're winning the close games and they're getting the best shot of their opponents. It's on the Miami. It's on the face Tua for the Kansas City Chiefs. They got to face the Saints this year still, and that's going to be maybe a Super Bowl preview for the Chiefs this season. But this is the end of the primetime. It's noon games for three of the next four four for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Dolphins, then the Saints, 325, the Falcons and Chargers at home, both those noon games. So there's four games remaining, two on the road, two at Arrowhead Stadium in front of the friendly crowd. See if the Chiefs can continue this role. But as I mentioned, this team is just on a roll. 24 games now, over 100 yards with Kelsey. How about the NFL record book? Games with 300 passing yards, players' first four seasons. The record is Kurt Warner with 26, 1998 to two thousand one. Patrick Mahomes already at 25 games. And we still got four remaining to play. This is what Patrick Mahomes has done his last five games. 3-8 or uh, 416-372-348-462-318. Last five games, Mahomes has 1,916 yards, 15 touchdowns, one pick. Kelsey, 42 catches, and 13 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 43 catches, 640 yards, and eight touchdowns. Absolutely unbelievable what this football team is doing as far as the numbers. Patrick Mahomes' streak goes to 22 games straight, the longest active streak in the NFL. Now, he was close to another record today, Kramer, and I was hoping he would do it. But Patrick Mahomes had a streak of four straight games 340 yards and two touchdowns. He joins Tom Brady and Andrew Luck is the only guys ever to do that. No one had ever done five. Now he ends up with 318. Guess what? If they would have counted that Tyreek Hill touchdown, he'd be all alone in the annuals. 340 yards, two touchdowns, he'd be the only guy to do it in five straight games. Absolutely unbelievable. 913-576. 7 6, 10 is the phone line if you want to react to this. I'll tell you what. this much. We got some text through the game, like I do every week. It's the panic phase. Are you panicked? Were you actually panicked about this game? I got text on my phone. We, we should have seen our text line. Chiefs going to blow this one. Chiefs, Chiefs can't stop anybody. They only allowed 16 points. And I always say, as I said to this uh, listener, bring this energy after the game if they win. But you know what? I don't hear from them. I don't hear from them. I hear from them during the game. Oh, they're going to lose this game. I say, okay, sir, or man, they They've lost one game in the last 390 days. One game. And yet we're going to complain about that. Oh, they're going to lose. But you don't hear from them after the game. You don't. Because they find ways to win, and it's unbelievable. Coming up next, though, we come back with the play of the game. Be listening. Because at 9.30 in the morning on Fesco in the morning, You'll call in with a player involved in the play of the game for a $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500. Play of the game, and we talk to Chief Sideline Reporter Josh Klingler next.
0: This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. It's the play of the game.
1: A remarkable! you by Mazarese Jewelry.
0: Mazaris Jewelry, in the business of forever.
1: 16-12 Broncos. 73 seconds left, third quarter. Second and ten Chiefs at the Bronco 20 on the right hash. Pressure, there is a flag thrown on the play. Late throw comes near sight. Kelsey at the five, angling left. Touchdown! Kansas City! Kelsey on the reception from Patrick Mahomes. Pending the penalty, did the Broncos jump off? I think they did. 22 straight games with a touchdown pass for Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Another big game. Seven catches, 99 yards. The Chiefs finally crack the front door and get a touchdown from 20 yards out. There you go. Remember the name, Travis
2: Kelsey. Call Fesco in the morning at 9.30 to name a player involved in the player of the game for a $25 gift card card. The Topper's Pizza with a chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazaris. Travis Kelsey, according to the NFL research, the first tight end in the Super Bowl era with 1,100 receiving yards in his team's first 12 games of a season. The prior record by a tight end through 12 games, 1,082 yards by Travis Kelsey in 2018. So he beat his record there. And then he extended five straight years of 1,000 yards. You're seeing the best tight end in NFL history right in front of you. And I know there's going to be some Team Tony G's or some Team Gronks, Team Kittle. No, no, it's it's Travis Kelsey. That is the guy for the Kansas City Chiefs. What he's doing is unbelievable. The consistent – how about that stiff arm he threw on Holder? That was King Henry type stuff. I looked at Kramer and I said, that was King Henry type stiff arms. But obviously that Tyree kill catch would have been the play of the game Had <laughs> they challenged it, reviewed it. I don't think there's any question Kramer. Cause on that Kelsey, on that Hill touchdown, I was looking at Tyree kills reaction and he wasn't selling it that he'd caught it. And then Kramer said to me, he goes, I think he caught that. And then we saw the replay and the ball didn't hit the ground and he did catch it. That would have been the play. The play of the game is never going to exist. But that would have been a sports center, probably number one catch or number one play had he caught that. But it's time now to talk to as we do each and every game. That's Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, joining us now on the Silverstein Eye Center phone line, the sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs and co-host of FESCO in the morning, Josh Klingler. Good evening, Kling. Good evening. I'm thawing out. <laughs> or I'm warming up, I guess. I
5: guess it would be the reverse of that.
2: Did you get cold down there on the sidelines tonight?
5: Uh, a little bit, but hey, it's much better when you when you come away with a win. But uh, that one was uh, that one was a little strange, was it not? And uh, you know, able to move the football a bunch and then kind of get stymied in the in the red zone. And I, I'll credit the Broncos too because that's that's been their mo. They've been really good on third down. They're really good at at uh, stopping people in the red zone. And they certainly made the Chiefs earn a, a victory and then ultimately a a spot in the uh, the postseason.
2: Tonight. No question. Fourth with the uh, touchdowns against in the red zone when teams get down there. Uh they kept showing the Locke family up there. What did you notice from Bronco fans tonight? Did many of them make their way in? Yeah, they were yeah,
5: there were some there. Certainly they were a little more vocal, um, you know, with a half <laughs> with a halftime lead and keeping it close. But I mean, for for the most part, it was there, you know, the, the Broncos did a good job of quieting the Chiefs crowd until the kind of the very end of the game. I thought uh, certainly in the in the second half. Everybody was getting—I uh, don't want to say nervous—but there just wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of buzz in the building for a while. I kind of pointed that out on the broadcast at one point that it had gotten really, really quiet in the uh, in the second half. So um, obviously, it was a little bit cold. So everybody, everybody was probably dealing with that a little bit too. But um, hey, uh, you get touchdowns. I thought it kind of broke up when they got that Travis Kelsey touchdown. Not only the Chiefs did, but uh, the, the crowd did a little bit uh, too in this one.
2: Yeah, wins win and. What'd you think about that play early in the game when Tyree Kill looked like he uh, dropped the ball, but he ended up catching it? He didn't even realize he had caught it. It created some confusion with Andy Reid. He even said in post game, "He's never seen anything like that because usually receivers only say they catch it."
5: Right, absolutely, and and that was my my uh, thought because I saw Tyree Kill's reaction and, and he was upset. I I believed he thought he missed time the jump and and he had no idea that he hit. Come up with that ball, and we really didn't see it in in the stadium uh, until they showed the replay as the Chiefs were punting. So um, a little bit of confusion there. Uh, you'd love to have somebody upstairs maybe catch that uh, because Tyree Kill certainly didn't believe he had had caught it, and I don't think anybody really really did either until everyone kind of saw the replay. And by that time, it was it was too late. So yeah, luckily that wasn't you know ultimately didn't come and bite them because. That would have been just another of the kind of missed opportunities for this uh, this Chiefs team tonight. But again, moved the football, had to settle for a lot of field goals, and then their two long touchdowns ended up not being touchdowns tonight.
2: But the one thing about it is, and I think there's something to take from it, Kling, and that's winning the close game. Some teams just don't find a way to win these close games. The NFL, by nature, are close games. You don't get a lot of the forty-five to nothing nature like the Patriots Chargers game. Uh, if you do see those scores, you see a coach uh, key card not work the next morning, usually. But the NFL is usually a game of a few plays here and there, and the Chiefs just keep finding a way to win those. Games. It's like baseball—if you're losing those games in extra innings or at the end, like seventh, eighth, the ninth inning, you look back and say, "Oh, we lost these close games." It happens in all sports, but on the on on the side for the Chiefs, they're not allowing this to happen. Yeah, they're just a very hard team to beat.
5: That you may not catch them on an, on an A night, and yet you've done a lot of things right. And we've said that a couple times, like uh, another team's done a lot of things right, and yet the Chiefs are still able to find a way to beat you. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Um, you know, the Broncos did some, did some decent things. They did get uh, Drew Locke to make a couple of mistakes, and then obviously getting the defense to get that that stop late was was huge. So, yeah, they're just a tough team to beat and and the Chiefs have shown different ways to beat different teams and and their ability to win close games and to, you know, we we love for these all to be blowouts, but it's just not realistic for them to to be that and uh so so tonight's game, you know, Denver did did, did a lot of stuff to hold the to threes and give themselves a chance and then they found out once again that it's just a tough team in the Chiefs to try to knock out.
2: Talking to the Chiefs' sideline reporter, Josh Klingler. And Kling, this is one of those games, it, it takes a full team effort. We've seen the offense win plenty of games. This really was the defense winning the game. At the end of the game, it was in the hands of the defense. Are you going to give Drew Locke time to get a touchdown? Now the Harrison-Butker field goal ensured the Broncos needed a touchdown, but the Chiefs trusted their defense tonight. They gave up 16 points They're only giving up... They're sixth in the NFL in points against, but you know I felt like this was one of those games hat tip to the defense.
5: Yeah, and hat tipped to the defensive line, especially on that that last drive of the game. I thought they did a good, good job of moving you know, Drew Drew Lock around. I, they, it's, it's not a quarterback that seemingly they want to keep in the pocket anyway, but I thought they kind of moved him off his spot. Um, got some hits in on him, got some batted balls, uh, and then the, the final drive. The defensive line to me was a real real impact, and they're the ones that kind of pressured that. That play to to create the interception at the end of the game. So yeah, I thought the defensive line stepped up, needed to. I've been calling on them for a, for a couple of weeks to be that that impact defensive line, and I thought they did a good job in that regard tonight. And then the knack to have that that big play. you sometimes you just kind of wonder. You look at this team, Bengo, who's going to get it? Because you just feel like that there's a moment in the game where they're going to come up with that big defensive play. And uh, Juan Thornhill almost became the hero. And then uh, Tyron Matthew did on the very next play.
2: It seemed like the honey badger was everywhere. He was in the backfield making that stop on Lindsay, He made two interceptions. He really lived up to the moniker. He takes what he wants.
5: Yeah. And I think that if, It seemed like they were a little bit unsolidified at that that safety spot for a few weeks. Juan Thornhill's kind of in and out of the lineup. and uh, That spot opposite him needs to be on point so that he's able to go and run around and make plays and be in different positions. And I think that's when he's at his best, when he's able to be that – that guy that moves all over the field and is able to, to to get in the in the right spot for the nose for the football type thing. So it was good to see him get back to that tonight along with the rest of this defense as well. But uh, I, thought, I thought his ability to kind of run all over the field is big. That's exactly what you need Tyron Matthew to be.
2: Well, the one thing too, Josh, this running game, obviously Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, was sick throughout the week and lost a little bit of weight. Didn't play. They trusted that as far as Le'Veon Bell. But not only that, but – in crunch time there, they were handing the ball off to uh, Daryl Williams. The team ended up running for 134 yards. Of course, Patrick Mahomes accounted for some of that, plus Tyree killing that 30-yard run. That made a difference in the game. But it was nice to see Daryl, the trust factor that Andy Reid had in him at the end of the game.
5: Yeah, and I think they really do. I mean, he's not taking a back seat. You know, he's the guy that, that would be almost eliminated from a game plan, right, with Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he hasn't. He hasn't yielded third downs. They trust him to be in those situations, especially uh, to uh, to to pass block and then kind of slip out of the backfield and try to make plays as well. But yeah, he he's that uh, kind of that guy that's in the mix in definitely those passing situations. He is the option number one, and I think you know the addition of Leviat Bell could have wiped out that role for him, and he hasn't allowed that to happen. And I thought he was in there for kind of those crunch plays of the game tonight. And again, it takes everybody on board to win games in the nfl and you saw it on the offensive side too
2: well it's on the miami three of the next four games at noon the only uh one that's not is 325 with the saints so uh the chiefs kind of passed through the uh, primetime games this year
5: <laughs> kind of weird to be playing uh, games at noon uh, and also um the chiefs head back to uh you know a familiar stadium where uh when they last won a game there we all uh, we all yes. felt pretty good about it <laughs>
2: We sure did. Any other musings that uh, you saw tonight wandering around?
5: Um, you know, I, I, I just think that uh, that this, this, this offense continues to kind of evolve. I, I, I love watching what I've seen from Patrick Mahomes this year and his ability to, to uh, take command of this offense. The back and forth every week, I guess, of who's the, who's the better duo, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's been pretty cool to watch. And then, you know, the, uh, the secondary receivers tonight. Nicole Hartman made a big catch. Uh, Demarcus Robinson made a couple of, of key grabs as well. So to see, you know, contributions from other spots in this offense, too, uh, is what continues to amaze. Again, they probably played better than, than scoring 22 points tonight and had to settle for some field goals, but you saw them really uh, move the ball up and down the field with pretty good efficiency uh, once again from Mahomes from and company.
2: It's Chiefs' Silent reporter, Josh Klingler, does an outstanding job on 106.5 The Wolf, where you can hear the Chiefs games, and you can hear him right here at 610 Sports Radio at 5.58 in the morning. Thanks a ton, Kling. Good night, Bank. There's Josh Klingler right there. You'll hear him in just a couple hours, 5.58 in the morning with uh, Ryan Murkowski and Bob Fesco. And don't forget, Derek Johnson, Chiefs all-time leading tackler, joins them at 7.30 tomorrow. DJ just got his degree from the University of Texas. Don't even know if you saw that, Kramer, when he tweeted that out. And then, of course, the color commentator for the Kansas City Chiefs on the Chiefs Radio Network, Dayton Hughes, stops by at 8.30 in the morning. Bill Moss at 11 with Cody and Gold. And don't forget about Patrick Mahomes at 2.15 each and every week. 215 on Monday, Carrington Harrison, Sean Levine have an exclusive with the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. But the, you heard Klink talk about Darrell Williams there. I brought him up too, and six carries tonight. And he was a guy that kind of get the job done. Six carries, 38 yards at the, game, at the end of the game, 6.3 per carry. I mean, this is what they need. They've got to have guys at the end of the game you can trust to salt games away. Not only that, those short yardage. Le'Veon Bell, eleven carries, forty yards in this game. He had a couple catches uh, tonight too. Two catches on the night for fifteen yards for Le'Veon Bell. But Daryl Williams, you know, you talk about these unsung guys. It takes unsung guys to win during a season, and I thought Daryl Williams stepped up nicely for the Chiefs when they needed. the Long carry was twelve yards tonight. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had a sixteen-yard carry as well for the Chiefs. The Broncos, one hundred and seventy-nine yards rushing. The Chiefs with one thirty-four on the ground. And if you look at the last six games, the only teams to run for more than 104 yards against this Chiefs defense is the Broncos. The first meeting in Denver, 144 yards. They had 179 tonight, but a ton of them. 65 came on that one carry by Melvin Gordon, where he was off to the races. He ends up 15 carries, 131 yards. Philip Lindsey, not as successful. 14 carries, 26 yards. But really, the big dog was Melvin Gordon, on that, big, on that big 65-yard run, didn't culminate in the touchdown. But regardless, he got that play. But again, call in Fesco in the morning at 930 for that player of the game. Talk to Kling, a very tired Josh Klingler. But keep in mind, 913-576-7610, our Silverstein Ice Center's phone line always open for you. No huddle continues to roll throughout the show. Brought to you by Evansville Distillery in Independence, Missouri. Here's Andy Reid after the game, and of course, he's going to be asking why didn't he challenge that play against um, why they, why he didn't challenge that play uh, going forward against uh, or the Tyree kill unchallenged play. This is brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid.
7: Really, there's not uh, much of a any injuries to uh, announce for you. Um, I think you saw where Clyde dressed out, didn't play. Um, He didn't practice this week, and uh, I just felt like he lost some weight with the stomach virus, and I'd pull him back out. Uh, The other guys did a nice job of filling in for him. Um, uh, Tyron. uh, I just saw Tyron did a a beautiful job on uh, starting the game and finishing the game. Uh, with two interceptions, and, and, uh, and that kind of led the way. That, that was, it was great enthusiasm for for the defense. I, I thought our defense, you know, played good, uh, a good game and really rallied uh, towards the end of it in particular. And then uh, Bucker, I thought was, a, you know, stand out with his five field goals there, so he did a nice job. And then um, offensively, uh, again, um, Kels and Pat and that connection there did a nice job. Tyreek had a couple touchdowns. I'll take blame for, <clears throat> for the one um, that, that I've never had a receiver that didn't know he caught the ball. So I mean, he came off and said he didn't catch it, and I, I probably should have hung on to that just a little bit longer to look at the replay. But I've, uh, I've been doing this a couple of years. I've never had that situation, so uh, it was a new experience for me. I'll try to do better. <laughs> try to do better the next time um, with it. But uh, what a heck of a job by by Hammy. Had two touchdowns taken back uh, and away from him So, uh, but my echoes out to the Broncos. They came in and, and played a nice game. Uh, Vic had a great game plan uh, for both sides of the ball and and uh, his special teams group. And um, you know they he, he's great for this this division, man. I mean he's he's a heck of a football coach and and they just keep getting better and better. And that young quarterback of theirs, uh, you know. Uh, Lock, the local kid, man, he, he keeps getting better. So it's, it's great competition, and um, I'm glad we came out on top today. So um, we'll go back and get ourselves uh, cleaned up with a couple of things and get ready for uh, the Dolphins. Anyways, that, with that time, yours.
8: Go first to Herbie Teope.
6: Good, Herbie. Hey, Coach, you mentioned the, the touchdown that Tyreek Hill had that you didn't call or challenge. How soon do you rely on the folks upstairs to ping you and say, hey, that was a score? For you to go ahead and challenge.
7: Yeah, they were on it right when, right when uh, they saw it, and that was right when we were punting the ball. So, I mean, it was a bang bang thing, and and uh, we didn't have time to really, really look at it uh, before we kicked the ball. So we kicked it with about ten seconds left, and normally that's kind of where you let it go down to right in that area and, and go with it. But I, I checked with uh, uh, you know with Tyreek, he came off and, You know, you can normally tell with a receiver if he knew he had it or not. And and, uh, especially Tyreek. I mean, so he was as surprised as any of us that he ended up with the football. Let's
3: go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. um, I know you have bigger goals here, but you did clinch a playoff spot tonight. I was just wondering where that, uh, whether you'll take a minute to uh, appreciate that. And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up.
7: Uh, listen, I'm proud of the proud of the guys and and the coaches. So I, I thought the coaches had a good game plan, and we we you know we finished it up uh, when everything wasn't going right. So you know, in in years past, maybe you don't maybe you don't win that game. And I, I appreciate the intensity and the championship uh, attitude that these guys uh, showed today and and demonstrated. So um, and, the, and the desire to win the game. And then listen <clears throat> to to win or to be in the playoffs. Uh, that's a yeah, that's a great thing, and you're right and we do have work uh, to do here so uh, we didn't talk at all about it in the locker room about the playoffs we just talked about getting ourselves ready for for next week and and uh be ready to go down to miami and and play that
3: I know uh you also had some uh you also had some positive tests um Overnight, and I was wondering if you could take us through that situation, and whether whether there was a time maybe you thought this thing was all unraveling on you.
7: Well, I mean, you know, when they when they talk to you early in the morning like that, I mean, it's uh, um, you're not sure what's real and not real. I knew they had been having some problems with the computer system from last night, but we also, uh, you know, we, we thought we were clean with all that, and then it came back this morning. Where we weren't, so um, I, I figured maybe there was a glitch there, and they they were great with us. I mean, they they, they said let's just give us an hour or so and let's just work through this thing and see if we can't get it uh, get it right. And and, um, and it all came back, uh, you know, where where we were okay. <clears throat> let's go next to Sam Millinger,
5: good Sam. Andy, um, a lot of fans expected this to be a blowout, right? But I I, I know. <laughs> you'd like to see how you guys respond in these situations. You touched on this a little bit, just in that answer to Adam, but w- what did you see on both sides of the ball in terms of just effort, competitiveness and that kind of thing with, you know, when a game is close?
7: Yeah. So listen, frustration gets set in on those uh, well, coaches and players. And uh, I didn't sense that as we went uh, They they just wanted to get it right. And they knew we were close. To, uh, uh, on so many different occasions. So. Um, everybody just kind of bared down and, and, uh, went to it and reached a little deeper and and instead of complaining they just reached a little deeper and tried to find an answer and so you do that um with this crew normally it's going to work for you and i thought it was just a matter of time before we got ourselves in the end zone i I did i didn't do a very good job in the red zone giving the guys opportunities to to get themselves in and so um i'll go back i'll i'll work on that part and <clears throat> we'll make sure that we put these guys in a good position to, to make some plays down in there, um, uh, whether it's a run game or the pass game.
9: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
8: Coach, congrats on the win and game plan. Tonight, Travis Kelsey became the first tight end to have 5,000 000- uh, i'm sorry five straight years of, of one thousand yards I, I know you're not a huge numbers guy but no other tight end has ever had three what have you seen from him to enable him to be consistent especially at the ages of 29 30 and now 31
7: yeah well there's there have been a couple of great tight ends that have played then this game you know we're talking about all time so i mean uh that's quite a uh, that's quite an accomplishment and listen nobody enjoys a game or works harder than, than Kels does, so it's great to see this happen to him and um and uh, you know he loves playing he loves playing the game so and those kind of guys you, you love to coach and we're blessed to have a few of those that, that love and that love the game so uh but i'm proud of Kels uh for the time and effort that he puts in he and the quarterback have a great relationship and and that that's important uh to get these type of things done and every quarterback needs a go-to guy and our quarterback's fortunate to have a couple guys around him but <clears throat> 87s uh uh, a big one there for him go next to sam McDowell. go ahead
10: sam hey andy um i, I know you'll probably want to see the film be able to give a, a more complete answer on this but the broncos were more successful against you guys than most teams on on those third down situations and also you mentioned the red zone as well were you seeing is it just the way they mixed stuff or were you seeing similar stuff to what you saw in that first matchup against them
7: yeah listen it was similar. i mean those son of a guns got us in the first one and um, we didn't do all that great the second one. So the thing you got to do is you got to narrow down the third down shots there. So, you know, get the distance cut down and do a little better on first, second down. So, um, you know, that's where we've, we've got to improve that. And then against them with the pass rush that they have, that's, you know, that's, that's where you got to be.
10: We'll go last let me, to Blair. Let
7: me just add one thing, because I thought Sammy and McColl did a nice job Along with Tyreek at that, and and D Rob also contributed, which I think is uh, important to mention. Sammy uh, you know, was battling that hamstring, and he started to come back from that. And he had a couple of big catches for us down the stretch. Anyways, go ahead.
5: Go last to Blair Go Good Blair.
6: Yeah, Andy. One of those big catches was uh, on on the final series for your offense. And this is two weeks in a row. You've played against really good defenses, and you've you know you've had to basically try to run out the clock at the end. Can you speak to this team's ability to do that? And, um, and, and just and that crazy catch that uh, throw that Mahomes had to make to, to Sammy.
7: Yeah. Well, it was great. I mean, he did a nice job. Pat had some nice throws down the stretch, which he's, which he's had. He's a great player. And, um, you know, he, he almost made one that last one, you know, that was, we didn't get the edge sealed enough for him and he was still able to get it off and, and uh, get the ball out. So, um, you, know, you guys are watching it just like I'm watching it it's uh, <clears throat> he does some amazing things so and most of all just battling through it's very easy to get frustrated and uh, he battles through and, and good things happen to him you know uh, and it was it was good it was great to see our d line get the quarterback's feet moving too on the other side I, you know that all those things all the good things don't happen without those big guys both sides of them
2: there's chief's coach Andy Reid. Talking about uh, why he didn't challenge it. He didn't think that Tyreek Hill caught it, but he wishes, you know, hindsight is 2020 and he can get it. But I'll say this about Coach Reed. This is now his sixth time in his eight seasons with the Chiefs to have at least 11 wins. He's hit 12 and four three different times. That's his best record with the Chiefs, 12 and four. Again, he's won at least 11 games six times. Now, when he was with the Eagles, his best season was 13-3 and in 2004. And uh, he lost the Patriots that year in the Super Bowl. But he'll probably eclipse his best record as a Chiefs coach this year. It shows you how tough wins are in this league. This guy's top five all time in wins in the regular season and the postseason. But congratulations to him for 11 wins again with the Chiefs. He did it in 2013. He did it in 2015. He had 12 wins in 16, 12 wins in 18, 12 wins in 19, and 11 wins. So this marks three straight years of 11, year, 11 wins or more for Coach Andy Reid in a league full of parity. The NFL wants parity, and they've created it with a lot of different teams. I mean, it's tough to win in this league. It's why they schedule You get the uh, tougher games In your divisional opponent at home at on the road instead of at home. Your two extra teams, because you always play one division in the AFC, one division in the NFC, and then you have two extra games against teams not in those divisions that are first place teams if you have a first place schedule. It's not easy to do what Coach Reid does as far as the consistencies that he's given the Kansas City Chiefs. But the defense stepped up tonight for Kansas City. It was good to see. We've seen the offense do well plenty of times. And Patrick Mahomes was great, 318 yards still. They moved the ball. They had over 400 yards of offense. Denver just did a great job in the red zone. They were the fourth best team in the NFL as far as allowing red zone touchdowns. It's a divisional game. He knew it would be tough. This league is tough. Look at Pittsburgh. Trace McSorley and the Ravens almost came back and beat know, It was a game of four turnovers in the first quarter. And they had Ingram didn't play. And J.K. Dobbins didn't play. They were on the COVID list. Didn't play anyway. Lamar Jackson didn't even play. I mean, this league is tough, man. I mean, Denver got their quarterbacks back this week. They didn't have them last week. Hinton was their quarterback. And he was, <laughs> this poor guy, he was up in the suites. He's probably back in the practice squad now. He wasn't active for the game. He didn't dress for the game. And that was their starting quarterback last week. But Vic Fangio does a great job with the defense. Again, I question his relationship with Drew Locke. I question him calling out his quarterbacks for not wearing their mask, even though he's been fined by the NFL for the same thing. I question the leadership style because I do think that that relationship between quarterback and head coach is vitally important. Denver had some key injuries this year. Von Miller didn't play. Cortland Sutton didn't play. And I think Cortland Sutton is the bigger loss for the Denver Broncos, even over Von Miller. I will credit him to be the biggest loss for the Broncos this season. They've got some talent. We'll see if they can put the quarterback situation to rest and get somebody. Because right now in this division, it's Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. That appears to be the quarterbacks in this division. I'm still not sold on their Kramer, I'm sure that you might argue on this. It's going to start winning in December. Going to start winning games? Yes, they beat the Jets today. Everybody beats the Jets. Everybody does. They're idiots. They shouldn't have beat them today. I'm glad they did because they have them been the survivor pick. But regardless, Chiefs are going to win this division for five straight years. Coming up next, we'll talk to the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, next.
0: This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride post game show, presented by 7th Street Casino.
2: Hey, welcome back, second hour of the Arrowhead Pride post game show. Jay Binkley, along with Kramer Sansone, producing the operation from the 913. Donkeys have to live with 11 straight losses to KC another year. That's right. They've beaten them 64 to 69. They've beaten them 11 straight. They are tap dancing in their head. Like Fred Astaire. I mean, they're doing some serious tap dancing in the Broncos. That's a long time. They even beat the Chiefs since Peyton Manning in 2015. Andy Reid, his seventh clinched playoff spot for the Chiefs in his eight seasons. And again, the last three years, he's had at least 11 wins or more. Six different times with the Chiefs, he's had at least 11 wins. Unbelievable mark of consistency for the Kansas City Chiefs. And speaking of consistency, your one-stop shop for all Chiefs news, ArrowheadPride.com. Great stories, great insight, great podcasts alike. Their fearless leader, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, joins us now. Good evening, Pete.
8: Good evening. What are you talking about, man? It's the morning. Good morning. Hey, Good morning, Pete. Thank you.
2: I was hoping you were asleep and we woke you up.
8: I don't, you know I don't sleep, Vic.
2: You know that. <laughs> no, I know you don't. You take a keyboard to the bathroom with you. I've seen you. Well, yeah. Pete, we woke up with interesting news. Jake Laser, um had reported that the Chiefs had a scare. They got word at 3.30 in the morning they had seven positive COVID tests, including mm. several coaches. For the next five hours, they had to do contact tracing, wake guys up to retest. And hours later, they found out they were false positives. Hey, when you seven guys and when you have coaches as well, the contact tracing, that could wipe out twenty guys in your roster. Just with the con this was a major scare the Chiefs had. Luckily, false positives as Andy Reid talked about it in the postgame and said they had kind of a computer issue, but still, you're waking dudes up at three thirty in the morning.
8: Yes. And what I think made it even more interesting is I Let's be clear here. They came out as false positives in a follow-up report, and it seemed like everything was okay. But, yeah, let's assume that they they are positives, right? They come out, and and whatever happens, and they end up being positives. Now you're in a situation, if you're the NFL, what are you going to turn to the Denver Broncos and say, we're going to postpone this game? That seems like a non-option after what happened last week. And so – would have been a very, very, very interesting situation. I'm curious what the NFL would have done. Lo and behold, the Chiefs were all right. It ended up being false positives. The seven players or whatever it was, they ended up being able to rest all of Sunday because they had the Sunday night game. So, worked out fortunate. Just another product of this weird year that is 2020.
2: 22-16, to 16, the Chiefs get a win. It was a hard-fought win. It was a gritty win. It was... It was a grinded-out type of win against the Broncos. Hey, they're the fourth-best defense of not allowing touchdowns in the red zone. Mitch Holtis even talked about it. He's been talking about this and warning people, hey, this could be a dogfight against the Broncos. But the bottom line, Pete, 11 straight against Denver. Amy Reid down 34-1 and one against the division since 2015. It just continues and continues to get better.
8: Yeah, and you know... um, Tonight didn't go perfectly. I thought it was a very, first of all, weird day and weird night. With Wait a
2: minute. I, I get okay. that wrong. It's 31 and 4. I said 30 and 4. 30 and 1. It's, it's 30 and 4. Gonna carry on, Pete.
8: Yeah, I caught that. I didn't want to correct you. Well,
2: I, I, I want to correct worry. myself, though. I don't, I want to put out the facts, you know?
8: Correct. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, facts only here on 610 Sports it's,
2: Radio. That's how, that's how I it. was a weird I, day.
8: Yeah. Um, and, it's 2020. And, I could be wrong. I think when you you're the Chiefs, right? And we're at we're at 393 days since that Titans lost last year, so we're almost at 400 days. And and the Chiefs have lost one time. Exactly, I've uh, reminded
2: two. people of that on our text line that are calling in yeah. and saying the Chiefs suck and everything this, during the <laughs> game. And I'm like, I tell them hold that energy till the end of the game. Then I don't hear from them.
8: Funny how right. that works. Um, but yeah, so there there's the one loss in in that time, and it's it's to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders played really well that day, but I, I just think about that and, and and it becomes this this thing where where fans are used to winning and it it being easy for this team and the Chiefs will always figure out how to do it. So when there's any adversity, everyone has their arms in the air. Meanwhile, you got other teams in this league, like the Seattle Seahawks have aspirations just as high as the Kansas City Chiefs. They're losing to the New York Giants. You had a couple weeks ago where the Green Bay Packers and sudden new MVP contender Aaron Rodgers are losing to the Indianapolis Colts in a game that they really didn't look that good. It's not easy to win week in, week out in the NFL, especially to teams that see you twice a year, and a couple things broke the wrong way for the Chiefs tonight, and they were still able to pull it out. I I think there are strides to be made. 0-7 in the red zone over the past two weeks is not good. I I tend to think that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will use these next four games to figure that out. What I'd like seeing is the defense, and the defense continues to look improved. And perhaps, I think, and I I don't want to jinx it here, and I think we do have to wait and see a little bit more to see if they're going to be consistent. I think the defense is turning a page. I would like to see some more pressure up front. Uh, but the secondary seems like it's finally coming along. I, I do like what I'm seeing improved at the second level where Dan Sorensen seems to go back and forth as that hybrid type of player. And Anthony Hitchens, you know, while he's not injured, looks pretty good. And I'm I'm seeing some progress with Willie Gay. Gay, The defense, it, it, it seems to be turning that corner we saw last year. I'm not ready to say it completely yet, but I – Again, I I think this team is headed in the right direction. And and at the end of the day, you're 11-1. and I mean, are we going to nitpick here? This is a a team that, yes, they've won the last four games by a combined 15 points. And you do want to see some more convincing uh, wins, I think, down the stretch. But they're in good shape right now.
2: We'll say it's a positive. They're number eight in the NFL coming into this game with 39 quarterback knockdowns. These aren't hits. These are hitting the quarterback and knocking him down. They're eighth in the NFL on that. In the last six games, Pete, they've only allowed more than 104 yards rushing twice. Both those games came to the Denver Broncos. Hey, the Broncos ran for over 170 yards tonight. 65 of those yards came on one play by Melvin Gordon. I thought they really did a nice job against Lindsey, who wasn't 100%. No, you
8: could tell Lindsey wasn't, and... Uh, to Denver's credit, I I thought Melvin Gordon really looked spry and and he sort of picked up the flack that was Philip Lindsay and Lindsay I I remember last game he was really the difference maker until Danny Sorensen had that hit that old school hit that that knocked him out of the game couldn't couldn't play any longer with the concussion and Gordon really wasn't as good in that particular outing and so good on him to to put in the effort he did tonight I think if you look at some of the receivers on Denver where you have Hamler and, and Patrick and Judy and Locke who will have a, a good game every once in a while like I don't know I, I think if you're going to get beat you, it might as well be on the ground and and they did have that poor play where it, I, I think it was a 65 yarder where you had Thornhill and and Sorensen and it seems like there was a miss with the defensive tackles and just a gaping hole you take away that play and i know it's included but you take away that play and and it's a 70-ish yard game for gordon so you know an all right effort i i think the chiefs probably look at this game and say you know we could have been better across the board and there were certain things like that that 65 yard or that chunk play where they wish they could have back but you know, lo and behold, you you get the win. And so I, I think you take it and you, you run away and, and you say, let's keep on building the streak against Denver.
2: Fangio and Denver tried to play the time of possession game. They ended up right. just, just barely over a minute, minute and two seconds longer than the Chiefs. 7 of 13 on third down, really with some of those third down conversions helped the Broncos. They tried to play that game with the Chiefs and keep Patrick Mahomes over on the sideline. Let's talk about the play. That might have been the right. best play of the year that doesn't count. And I'm talking about the throw to – from Mahomes to Tyree Kill. Now, here's the interesting thing about that play. Besides that it was an incredible catch by Tyree Kill. It's never going to count. But going Matt Mullen uh, from the Chiefs tweeted this out this week. Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 300-plus yards and two touchdowns in four straight games. Only Tom Brady and Andrew Luck are the only three guys with Patrick to ever do that in NFL history. If he would have done that tonight, he would have been the only one. This is another Patrick record. Had that catch counted, it would have been more than 340 yards and two touchdowns. That's the other significant part of that play. Now, when you watched it, did you think it was a catch or not? I didn't think so because I was watching Tyree Kill's reaction. Crane Dog thought it was a catch
8: right away. The angle was horrible. It, I guess there was a referee blocking the, the way where you really couldn't see if the ball bounced or not. But I, I didn't see the ball bounce, and I did hesitate for a second. I said... Was that a catch? I did I did say to myself, was that a catch? But you're right. When Tyree Kill started running off the field, that was the most confusing part. It's like he didn't even know. Like, he must have thought it bounced off the ground and back into him or something, I, I assume. And Andy Reid, who's been doing this for 21, 22 years, this was a first for him. And, and so that's rare where a player doesn't realize that he caught the football. And so he was just going by what? Like the you know, thousand or so, two thousand games he's coached in his life. Yeah. where the receiver's running off and it says, All right, put the punt unit on, whatever. Never even thought to like even buzz up. And so that's a really freaky play that is literally think that is a once in a lifetime mistake and that'll never happen again in a million years. So you just you saw some kind of history tonight. Not the history you wanted, but that was a historic moment that I don't think I'll or you or anyone will ever see again.
2: To put it in layman's terms, it's like me telling you a fact, Pete. And because it's always right, you just assume it's right. Even though it might be wrong, your your assumptions are that it was right.
8: Well, I, I you are right from time to time. I do always go back to when you wanted Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. No. Right? You know,
2: <laughs> that is a lie, Pete, and that is documented what? on the interwebs. Every single mock draft I had Patrick Mahomes, every single one.
8: Yeah, and you, I believe I I'm the only media guy though.
2: in this town that went crazy over Patrick Mahomes from the combine. Actually, from this pet from Texas Tech on, I was on that bandwagon, and I had to sell you.
8: You know, I remember on draft night, and, and the Chicago had traded up, and <laughs> <you> look on <laughs> your face. It you is a lie, depressed. Pete. That is you're an absolute depressed. lie
2: by you. Told the, the, the people at one twelve in the morning. I have to ask
8: you a question. I know you're asking the questions right now. I mean, was to, was tonight tough for you having to watch? Uh, Struggle like he did. That oh, the, uh, come on, man! 2 pass
2: he threw a couple dimes though, didn't
8: he? <laughs> he has moments. He has moments. I, I still, I think Herbert. I think Herbert's the second best.
2: Oh, I agree with you. But I tell you this though, he does have a strong arm. I just think if he had some refinement, Shermer's mm-hmm. not the answer. Pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator. Again, he's on his fourth offensive no. coordinator in the last four years, and he's got Vic Fangio as a head coach. He's great on defense. I'll give him that. Some of his words, and I tell you, I. I, yeah, I know he called out his quarterbacks last week, and and that's probably not what the direction you want to do. But I told you, going back to that first preseason start that Drew ever had in the Hall of Fame game, I didn't like what Vic had to say after the game. To me, that does, you got to be lockstep with your quarterback, no pun intended, but you got to be lockstep with your quarterback. And I, I've never felt that connection with Drew Locke. Now, is he a backup in the NFL? Is he a serviceable starter? I don't know. I know he's got the arm, and he's got the arm talent he just needs some refining.
8: I think he needs to have a full year where he's healthy and he has all the players around him and he has a team that can compete too. I mean, this year has been pretty wacky for the the Denver Broncos. So we'll see. I, I think that's where I'm at on, on Drew Locke. It's it's in we'll see territory. I don't think you can make a decision one way or the other uh, with him right now. I, I do tend to agree with you on the offensive coordinator and the changing. That never helps quarterbacks. You feel for quarterbacks to end up in that situation i know that alex smith had gone through that in san francisco and you know he was his top pick and he never was really able to find any consistency until he got with andy reed and we know how that ended up so again that's just another benefit that patrick Mahomes has it's that you know ungodly talent but also you pair that with the consistency of andy Reid, and where yeah there were different offensive coordinators but it's always Reid because reed in himself is, is you know the grand offensive coordinator with whereas in Kansas City, at least, the offensive coordinator is more an assistant to Reed, and I think that's helped Mahomes. I think that that consistency of having having a, a guy like Reed has made him as great as he is.
2: Let's talk about Travis Kelsey for a second. In my opinion, he is the greatest player to ever play tight end in the National Football League. Uh, former quarterback Dan Orlovsky uh, of ESPN, now an analyst, said, called him the best non-quarterback in the NFL, the best player in the NFL, and that's even over Aaron Donald. According to NFL research, he's the first tight end in the Super Bowl era with 1,100 yards receiving in the team's first 12 games. The prior record of that in the Super Bowl era was Travis Kelsey, and through 12 games, 1,082 in 2018. That's that's amazing. The other one is he beat his own record there. He also beat his own record five straight years having a thousand yards. That's never been done in the NFL. Greg Olson did three straight years. Travis Kelsey tied that record two years ago, beat that record last year, extended that record this year. These records are insanity to me, and he's within five of Tony Gonzalez for all-time 100-yard games. This is the greatest of all time we're watching with him.
8: Right, and it's kind of buried by the fact that we're also watching the greatest or one of the greatest head coaches of all time and potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. No question. And I, I think... I think Kelsey's helped by Mahomes, and I think he knows that. I think what's really interesting about this is the fact that Rob Gronkowski, you know, he teased retirement, actually did retire for a year before coming back and playing with Tom Brady. And you get the feeling, even though Gronk and Kelsey are similar ages, Gronk isn't that much older than, than Kelsey, but Gronk's going to be done once Tom's done, which it seems like this could be the last year or maybe next year if if Tom tries to give it one more try. The difference with Kelsey is he just wants to keep playing. I mean, he's going to be one of these guys where his body's going to have to push him out, and he's going to want to keep going, and he's only 31. And if he continues to take care of his body, which it seems like he's doing a nice job of. I know he had that ankle cleanup, I think it was the you know two off seasons ago, and he's getting the surgeries and stuff that he needs. It seems like he's eating right and trying to uh, stay healthy, at least uh, in season. I know there they're, we've seen. Uh, videos of him at basketball games, chugging and whatnot. I, I, I think the offseason is a different animal. Which is but as awesome. Long as, he stays, as long as he stays healthy. And, uh, you, you know, you've seen tight end production right here in Kansas City well after the age of 30, 31. He's at 31 right now. And I I tend to think he's going to continue to put up these numbers as long as he has Patrick Mahomes. I wonder what year that the Chiefs maybe go and, and try to get someone that can kind of learn and, and listen under him. But I, I tend to think it's, it's not anytime soon. The Chiefs have greater needs entering this draft than tight end. I mean, I think you'd like to see somebody maybe a little bit more reliable than what would be a Nick Kaiser. But I don't think you're, you necessarily need to go out and get even his successor yet. I think you still got a, a, quite a, a few years left of Travis Kelsey, which is part of the reason the Chiefs came to that agreement with him. Um, this offseason and a lot of people around the league from the guys that know the cap guys like Joel Corey have said the Chiefs really got a great deal with Kelsey who did take a team friendly deal to stay with Patrick Mahomes and keep this crew together. And, and the Chiefs, yeah, are fortunate to have the best uh, tight end quarterback combo in the league and, and certainly someone who is going to push to be the, the best tight end of all time.
2: How about that stiff army put? would not that Elijah Holder that he put that on? That's a safety for the Broncos. Was it Holder that got yeah.
8: the stiff arm? Yeah. Um, and uh, we apparently they're arranging the funeral in Denver for him. He passed away tonight after that stiff arm.
2: I mean, that stiff arm was absolutely unbelievable, Pete. Yeah, I,
8: it's it's tough. Yeah. I mean, I there's. Put him, I had to put him in a body bag, take him back to Denver.
2: It was world class, Pete. What's coming up on ArrowheadPride.com?
8: ArrowheadPride right, dot Right now, we got three big takeaways. Our guys did a podcast, which is great. I put up my rapid reaction, which I, I talked a little bit about. Some of my points that I had uh, on here. We're about to put up the press conferences. If you want to watch uh, some of the video of the sound that Bink is playing, and we'll have the the quotes and all the roundup tomorrow. We'll have the Andy Reid roundup tomorrow. So there is a lot, lot cooking there. About five, about to post five things pretty soon here. So um, yeah, it, it, it's 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 purring. The site's purring like a cat.
2: And last thing for you, Pete, uh, unsung guys. You know, I like talking about unsung guys. My two today, I had two tonight. One was Darrell Williams at 6.3 yards of carry coming up the end at 38 yards rushing. Kind of an unsung. He's not going to be talked about um, really throughout the postgame with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the other one's Harrison Butker. And I I guess I assume he'll be talked about, but drilling the five field goals, including the one for 48 where he got moved back five yards. I hope people give him his due.
8: Yeah, that actually was someone I did write into my um, rapid reaction, and I would give Butker the game ball tonight because this is a guy who's facing adversity in the middle of the season here, and if he was still going through those struggles, this is a much more interesting game tonight. So good on Butker to stay consistent, and I, I thought it was really special that even though they took that delay game penalty, it did start to seem like the, maybe mo- the, the momentum was shifting there. And he just drills it. I mean, it was it was a no doubter for him. I believe it was 48 yards, and you know, that was a key for the Chiefs winning this football game. And uh, again, after some struggles and after uh, maybe some worry by fans, and do you need to go and find another kicker? Do you got to bring someone in to challenge him? So on and so forth. He seems, knock on wood, to have gotten it uh, together. So uh, good uh, on Butker, and I, I do have to tell you this, being Smelly Later. <clears throat>
2: Man, we had planned that for me to do that to Pete. The crane dog was occupied, and Pete got the comment in once again. Yeah, he snuck that right in there. (laughs) We had planned for him to do that. But the Silverstein Ice Center phone line is open for you, 913-576-7610. Let's go to Nick, who's calling from his couch. What's up, Nick?
11: Hey, what's up, brother? How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, Pretty good. Hey, first off, T's and P's to the Likens family. Sorry for their loss.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
11: But uh, let's start with the game. You know, Vern does that workhorse. You know, the player, the stats don't show it.
2: Yeah, yeah, the blue-collar player of the game. Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to give that to Le'Veon Bell. Okay. But, I mean, there's 11 carries for 40 yards, but those carries in the first half were really good. And I think that was something that Andy Reid's offense doesn't really run the ball very well, but he runs the ball.
2: Well, he had a, he had a, he had, had three point six yards of carry. caught a couple passes too. He had some nice blocks in this game as well. And he was he was a starter with Clyde, you know, dressing out but not playing because of the illness this week. He stepped up, but you know, Daryl Williams at the end of the game, he was the guy they were handing it to. It
11: was, it was. And I have a second thing because we were talking about you were talking about Drew Locke. Yes. What about him being traded.
2: Do I think he's going to be traded?
11: Yeah, I mean, let's say, like, they want to bring in Stafford and, you know, Detroit started. I could root for him a lot more as a lion than I can as a
2: Bronco. You know what? It's going to be interesting what they do because they, I feel that that team can be good and when healthy. That, you know, you throw Cortland Sutton back into the mix, but, you know, drafting a quarterback – it's so iffy. I mean, they, they've tried a lot, Paxton Lynch, and then they go out and get Joe Flacco in with the ring and see what he can do. And they brought in Case Keenum, and now it's Drew Locke. I mean, they are desperate to find their answers. It was easy with with Peyton Manning. It was, you, you grab Peyton Manning, you throw him in there. That's an easy thing to do. But I thought the real challenge for John Elway was when Peyton Manning retired.
11: Yeah, and he, he, he fails and just ruins quarterbacks. So I hope Drew Locke gets out of there and – has a good career, because I'm going to root for him because he's from
2: Kansas City. Absolutely. But hey, Nick, have a good night, and thanks. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you calling. Absolutely, yeah. He's Kansas City guys. You got to root for him. Now, he needs a Chiefs tattoo like Shane Ray had. That would just kind of complete the cycle, Cream Dog. Cream Dog likes the tats. He's a big tattoo guy. I do enjoy them. You would have enjoyed Shane Ray's. The Broncos fans didn't like that. And not only that, but you know what they're doing. The minute Drew Locke struggles, it's going to be tenfold in Denver because he's from Kansas City. I'm not kidding you. Now, if he was from any other city, they're, they're still going to complain about the quarterback in Denver. Everybody complains about the quarterback. But the fact he's from your rival city, yeah.
10: Which it's is that's, exactly that's, what they're going to do. If that was going to
6: happen, why would they even draft him there if they're thinking, okay. If he doesn't flourish. It's going to be easier to just get him
2: out of here quickly. He once led the nation in touchdown passes, or SEC, excuse me, True. forty-four. Now Joe Burrow beat that with sixty because he was unbelievable last year. But he held that he held that for a while for a couple of years at least. But anyway, um, I I think going him four four offensive coordinators in four years, he's got the arm. He loves to throw downfield, like he loves to do that. It's Just the intermediate stuff and the accuracy. Sometimes with Drew and that offensive line, really some issues. Matter of fact, uh, they've given up the 15th most sacks in the NFL with 24. Chiefs not able to get a sack tonight. Third downs, they were 7 of 13 on third downs. They came into the game 30th in the NFL, 36.1% on third down. They'd really struggled this year on third down, but tonight they were 7 of 13 against the Chiefs. But i tell you what, Chiefs, the Broncos were minus 15 and plus minus. They had two turnovers tonight. They're dead last in the NFL in turnovers. Plus or minus is the worst. Chiefs, third, plus nine. They had a couple more tonight because of the honey badger. Let's hear from the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Don't we want to hear from him? We usually always want to hear from Patrick Mahomes because when Patrick talks, and he'll, he'll talk about the uh, play with Tyree Kill, and again, He could have had five straight games, 340 yards, and two touchdowns. That's the kind of the other thing in there. Let's go inside the locker room here. The sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Patrick.
10: Hey, Patrick. um, Kind of a weird play there with Tyreek on that touchdown in the first quarter. At what point did you realize that he had actually caught that ball, and how did you find out?
6: I I didn't realize until uh, after they showed the replay and we had already punted. Um, so uh, I told Tyreek in the locker room. I said, "Man, you're so good at, at receiver. You don't even know when you catch touchdowns these days."
10: Next to Harold, Kuntz. Go good, Harold.
2: Patrick, congratulations on the victory. Um, nice shirt, by the way. <laughs> when it comes to Travis Kelsey, uh, you know his fifth year with over a thousand yards receiving. You've obviously been there for three, four of those. Uh, just talk to being your te- a great teammate that he is and then just how reliable he is on the field, how you've been able to just go to him with another 100-yard receiving day-to-day.
6: Yeah, I think, he, I mean, I mean you said it with a, a great teammate. I mean, he really doesn't care how you win the football game. He just wants to win. He's going to compete uh, every single play. He's going to block. He's going to catch. He's going to run after the catch. He's going to do whatever it takes. And so uh, when you have guys like that that are that talented and they, they, they don't care about who gets the uh, who gets the success uh, then you have the guys that really can go out there and execute and win football games with.
2: Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
8: Hey Patrick, congratulations on the win. want to talk to you about the touchdown play to Kelsey. Uh, it was a free play and I was wondering if if that changed and maybe made you take, I wouldn't say a chance, but uh, you know, made you step up and, and throw it a little bit maybe further than you would have. And then why has that become such a knack for you uh, enabling yourself to to get these free plays?
6: Um, well, it didn't, it didn't really change. Um, it was, uh, I can't believe, I can't believe it might've been second or third down, whatever it was, but he, he, I don't want to give away my reads, but he's one of my like first reads uh, kind of an alert that kind of look, look at kind of how he releases out of that bunch. And uh, I, obviously he, he got open um, and I, I gave him a chance to make a play and I was able to throw it just far enough. But uh uh, for me, I try to use cadence as much as possible. I mean, uh, quick cadence, hard counts, whatever it is, just to get an advantage in any single way. And the offensive line does a great job of sitting in there, really paying attention, and and we work on it throughout the week.
10: Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Pat, when you scramble outside and you throw a unconventional pass, just how much of an advantage do you think that gives your teammates who are still working for – uh, being open in the middle of the field, and, and how successful do you think that's been for you now, year three compared to when you first started doing it, when you first started playing uh, in the NFL?
6: Yeah, it's something that the guys do a great job of working for me. I think mean, that's a big thing. I mean, I can scramble and throw it however I want. If the guys aren't open, then then the plays won't work. And so you see these guys that they continue to play the play out, and they they play until the whistle is blown. And and then they get back and do the same thing the next play, and so uh, it, it helps out a lot that those guys do that because there's some plays that I scramble for a long time and they don't get the ball, and so they have to make sure that they're playing every single play with the expectation that they're going to get a, they're going to get the ball thrown their way, and they do that.
10: Let's go
6: next to Blair Kirkhoff, Blair. Hey, Patrick, could you speak to this team's ability and confidence to get the ball late with a small lead and and keep the ball? Uh, it worked last week in Tampa, and today you got the field goal out of it. Yeah, I think uh, I mean we're just we're just battle tested. I mean we we've played in a lot of tight football games. and we, we have to find ways to win. Obviously, we we didn't play the way we wanted to as far as in the red zone of executing uh, and scoring touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, but in this league, you have to find a way to win. Every single team has a has a is going to have bring their best shot and going to have a chance to beat you. And as long as you come out to win in the end, it doesn't have to be pretty. And I thought the guys did a great job of battling today and finding a way.
3: Next to Adam Teicher, good Adam. Hey, Patrick, you guys clinched the playoff spot today, and I know you have bigger goals than that, but just wondering whether that's something you're going to take a minute to appreciate, or are you are just going to move on to, uh, to Miami and start getting ready for that game?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a big deal. Um, you you want to, uh, kind of your first step, you want to find a way to get in the playoffs. Uh, but like you said, we have bigger goals. Uh, we understand it's a step-by-step process. Uh, we have a great football team we're playing this next week that's playing really good football and we're going to have to go down there and have a a great battle with them. And so uh, we're excited for the opportunity of taking it day by day and finding a way to keep winning football games.
5: Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt.
6: Hey, Patrick. Uh, So you
5: guys got so close uh, to the end zone there four different times, and Harrison got field goals each time. How good did it feel to finally get that uh, touchdown to Travis late?
6: Yeah, it felt good just because when you move the ball like that and you don't score touchdowns, that's how you kind of – you keep games tight, and uh, we got to do a better job of that. The last two weeks, we haven't found a way in the red zone to score touchdowns, and we've been good at that all year long. Um, And so you want to make sure that you find a way, uh, especially going into the late part of the season and into the playoffs of of scoring when you get those opportunities uh, because that's what changes games. got time for a couple more, guys. We'll go Todd and then
10: Vahe. Go ahead, Todd.
1: Hey, Patrick, there was a report out there that there was –
8: some positive tests that came to light, I guess, overnight. And the the game was maybe in somewhat of jeopardy. Did you hear anything about that? Were you aware of that? And is it, you know, does it let you kind of know how close these things can be to be happening or not happening just hours before a game?
6: Yeah. I I mean, I found out in the morning, uh, I got my sleep in and so they didn't wake me up or anything like that. But uh, I mean, obviously we're in, we're in the, we're in difficult times right now. I mean, as far as the league and as far as the world and you have to kind of take the challenge every single day of just waking up and expect the unexpected. And uh, we, we understand where we're at and we have to make sure that we accept that challenge every single day, battle through adversity. And whenever we get a chance to be on this football football field, just appreciate it as much as possible and play to the best of our ability and try to win football games.
5: We'll ask to Gregorian. Goodbye. Hey Patrick, um, I, you guys have had now four, I guess four straight games that have been down to one score and I guess in some ways you could say that 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 reveals that you guys you know people can compete with you guys but I but I I think it must make you feel like um, you guys have a certain kind of fortitude or metal What what's that doing for you guys to win these close games.
6: Yeah, I think it it builds up uh, that uh, confidence that you can win games different ways. I mean, if you look at at how we've played the last few games, we've won in every single way possible, it seems like. Um, And the defense stepped up today and kept us in the game uh, whenever we were having lulls. And then we found a way to keep battling. And I I think that's the biggest thing is in this league, you have to find a way. Not everything's going to be easy. We're not going to be able to throw 70-yard touchdowns to Tyreek every single play. I mean, hopefully just a few of them. Um, But uh, we're going to go out there and battle and find a way to to do whatever we can to just have uh, more points than the other team at the end of the game.
0: It's time for touchdown Kansas
1: City. Floating a pass, Kelsey near side, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic. Mahomes faking a handoff, throwing long, coming near side. Tyree cow burning the Broncos, goes a 41 yard corner pattern to the near side. Slant pattern intercepted at the 40 35 coming to the near side. It's 1 Summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown,
2: Kansas City! Touchdown, Kansas City, brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. You can hear that on 106.5. The Wolf, the Broncos, would get the store, the scoring off. Brandon McManus kicked a 53-yard field goal, making the score 3 nothing in the first quarter. Matter of fact, the whole first quarter was about field goals.
1: But Harrison Butker, his first of five. Instead, they got to try to tie it on a Butker field goal. Thompson's hold. Butker's kick is perfect. And it's tied at three with 20 seconds to go in the first quarter as the Chiefs get a 35-yard field goal from Butker. We usually don't play a lot of field goals in touchdown
2: Kansas City because it's called touchdown Kansas City. But Harrison Butker, this was the guy. Okay, can he turn things around? We knew we missed those extra points in the six games. But he's making the field goals. And can he turn it around? It's going to be valuable for the Chiefs going forward. The second quarter, the Broncos would strike again. Tim Patrick on an absolute beautiful pass from Drew Locke.
1: Second down, goal to go. Gordon is running back, stationed to his left hip. Tim Patrick in the backfield. They're going to run a sprint out action. They've got Patrick on the left boundary, and he's in for the touchdown at the left pylon. An old trick. Take the wide receiver, move him into the backfield, and hide him. They couldn't find him and slipped him out in the flat. And Drew Locke's got a touchdown pass, and the Broncos have the first touchdown of the game.
2: Tim Patrick's really stepped up six foot four, and used all of a 6'4 frame in that one, making the score 10-3 Denver at this point, 626 in the second quarter. That was a seven-play, 90-yard drive. Probably the drive of the game for the Denver Broncos, taking 4'11 off the clock. So it's 10-3, second quarter, and then Harrison Butker
1: Again. And now Butler will try a short field goal of 24 yards. He had one of 35 earlier, and this field goal is good, but the Chiefs get three and not seven.
2: That made the score 10 to six. Seven plays, 69-yard drive, 344 off the clock from the Chiefs. So he's hit a 35, then he hit a 24. The theme was the Chiefs were having trouble. Oh, for their first four trips into the red zone. Again, the Denver Broncos. Fourth fewest touchdowns allowed in the NFL in the red zone. That's something they've done a great job on. That's made the score 10-6. to But then, as half expired, Harrison Butker once again.
1: Butker will try a 23-yard field goal. He's hit from 35 and 24. That is from the near hash this time. And the Chiefs get three points. A missed field goal by McManus from 57. And the Chiefs get within one point at halftime. Again,
2: another short field goal from Harrison Butker. 23 yards. That was five plays, 48 yards. Hits that as time expires. They go in the halftime. Chiefs trailing by one, 10 to nine to the Denver Broncos. But the Chiefs would take
1: the lead early in the third quarter. 31 yard attempt from the near hash. Try to get the Chiefs the lead. And Butker's got it. His fourth field goal, and the Chiefs finally, for the first time tonight, take the advantage.
2: So the Chiefs get the lead for the first time. That made it 12 to 10. Harrison Butker, 31 yards on this. So he's kicked a 35-yarder, nailed a 24, nailed a 23, nailed a 31. He's four for four on his field goals at this point. But again, it was a long drive, 10 plays, 62 yards, took 428 off the clock. Again, the Chiefs not able to culminate with a touchdown on this drive. Tim Patrick wasn't done for the Denver Broncos. So the score is 12-10 here. But Tim Patrick, once
1: again... Drew Locke, he's got Melvin Gordon back in at running back. Two-step drop, fade pattern, left side against Breland. The pass is caught, Tim Patrick, does he have it? No, he caught it out of bounds. Patrick is saying he had two feet inbounds. He looks to the sideline for a potential challenge. Now they're going to say touchdown. They go right after Breland, and Drew Locke's got his second touchdown pass of the game. A pinpoint outside fade to Tim Patrick. And that was
2: a great pass. 16 to 12 at this point. 11 plays 72 yards, 642 off the clock. That was the absolute dime that Drew Locke dropped in this game. but 350 left in the third quarter. Again, 11 play drive, a long one. 72 yards. 642 off the clock. giving the Broncos the lead 16 to 12 with 350 left in the third quarter. But then, our play of the game, the Chief's lone touchdown.
1: Broncos, 73 seconds left, third quarter. Second and 10 Chiefs at the Bronco 20 on the right hash. Pressure, there is a flag thrown on the play. Late throw comes near side, Kelsey at the five, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City. Kelsey on the reception from Patrick Mahomes. Pending the penalty, did the Broncos jump off? I think they did. 22 straight games with a touchdown pass. For Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, another big game. Seven catches, 99 yards. The Chiefs finally crack the front door and get a touchdown from 20 yards out. That was our play of the game. It also put the Chiefs
2: up 19-16. 20-yard pass, seven plays, 75 yards, taking 244 off the clock. we are finally able to get the end zone. You heard Mitch there, 22 straight games with a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes unbelievable then the Broncos fourth and three they leave the Chiefs too much time and Patrick Mahomes able to bring the clock down then with just a minute four left in the fourth quarter the Chiefs final score of the game and the fifth field
1: goal from Winchester will snap at Townsend will hold it trying to get a six-point lead butker hits this one and hits it better than the last one no delay of game three points and good at 104 to go in the game, and the Chiefs lead 22-16. And that ended up being the final. Harrison Butker kicked a
2: 35-yarder, 24-yarder, 23-yarder, 31-yarder. That one, 48 yards. Nails by Harrison Butker. also had a fantastic tackle in this game as well, but the Chiefs get the win 22-16. That's touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Aletha Ford Lincoln with the voice of Mitch Holtus. We need to take a timeout, your calls are always welcome, 913-576-7610. Or the text line, same number, Smitty's Garage, Burgers number, your text line, 913-576-7610. We come back, let's hear from Tyron Matthew, who had two interceptions in this game. We do that next.
0: This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino.
2: And welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. I'm Jay Binkley, along with Kramer Sansone, producing the operation. Here's how the playoff standing set at this point. Steelers with the one seed, 11-0, first in the North, followed by the Chiefs at number two, 11-1, first in AFC West. Chiefs have clinched the playoff berth. So of these Saints, the only two teams that have done that. The Steelers play tomorrow night on Monday Night Football, one of two games tomorrow night. The Bills are third at 8-3. Titans, fourth at 8-4, four. first in the AFC South. The Browns, how about the Browns, 9-3, second in the AFC North is the fifth seed. The Dolphins, the Chiefs' next opponent, they're not your daddy's Dolphins. They're 8-4, and four. second in the AFC East. Tua, back starting for the Dolphins. Had a nice game, almost 300 yards today for the Dolphins. The seventh seed are the Colts, 8-4, second in the AFC South. Bubble teams, Raiders seven is, 7-5. Man, that Derek Carr passed Henry Ruggs. Huge for them. And there's Baltimore sitting at 6-5 in ninth. And guess what? The New England Patriots with a beatdown over the Chargers. They're 6-6, six six. third in the AFC East, but they're sitting at 10. Now, the tiebreaker rules are interesting. And you might think, okay, tomorrow night, what happens if the Chiefs uh, or the Steelers end up losing? Well, if the Steelers lose to Washington, they're still the number one seed. That's an NFC loss. What the Chiefs need is week 14 next week. They need to beat the Dolphins, and they need Pittsburgh to lose to the Bills. Chiefs fans just be like last year. Remember last year? Second to last game? Everybody's at the bars, everybody's rooting for the Buffalo Bills. They let us down against the Patriots. That was our next best hope to get the bye. But then the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick beat them the last week. But if the Bills beat the Steelers next week and the Chiefs win, the Chiefs sit as the number one seed in the AFC. Let's hope that that happens. But let's go back inside that locker room. Sounds of the game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the honey badger who had two picks tonight.
8: Hey, Tyron, it seemed like you, uh, a lot of the guys, even the coaches were a little bit frustrated after last week's game. Uh, Was there anything that you guys talked about coming into this week to maybe try to make a little bit more focus and and get the effort that you guys had tonight?
4: Well, I think, you know, obviously, you know, anytime you're playing, you know, against NFL teams, you want to, you know, put your best foot forward, Um, you know, especially in a Tampa Bay game, I don't feel like, You know, we really ended that game, you know, how we necessarily started the game. Um, Even tonight, I feel like it was a lot of things that we could clean up, uh, especially on first, second down. Uh, They really were in a lot of third and manageable uh, downs. Uh, They start to run the ball, get away from the tendencies that that we saw on film. And so we just got to continue to adjust. But nevertheless, anytime you're playing a divisional team, it's always going to be tough. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we can keep teams under you know, 17 points, 20 points, um, I think we'll always have a good chance to win the game. Next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead,
8: Pete. Tyron, congrats on the win. Anthony Hitchens shared with us in early November that y'all's goal is to hold the opposing team to 17 points. And, you know, there were some rough weeks after that. How good did it feel to hit that goal and how can you build off that for the rest of the season?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously it feels good, you know, especially when you win the game. Um, but like I just mentioned, um, didn't really feel like we played well on first and second down, um, even third down. Uh, didn't think we feel like we could have got off the field uh, a lot more. Um, and so, you know, we'll we'll get back in the lab. Uh, we'll focus on that. Um, but uh, nevertheless, I, I thought I thought we showed some character tonight, uh, just playing all four quarters, um, showing up to play football um, and, and not taking this opponent, you know, lightly. Next to Matt
5: McMullen. Good Matt. Hey Tyron. So I believe this is your second multi-interception games. How would it feel to get your uh, hands on the balls tonight?
4: Oh, it's, it's cool. I'm uh, just you know trying to focus on just catching them. You know, um, I let so many slip through my fingers last year. So um, it's all about just looking the ball and catching them. But I think anytime you you know, you have the opportunity to make a play, um, you just want to make it for your team. Let's
2: go next to Sam
5: Mellinger. Good Sam. Hey, uh, Tyron. You mentioned you referenced just a couple answers ago about the character that you saw in the team. You know, you guys have been been known for
8: blowouts, right? But what do you see in these closer games? What, what do you feel on the sideline when you got interactions
9: with your teammates and all that in these closer games?
4: Well, I, I just I feel like we're built for it. You know, um, you know, obviously, we're, we, you know, I think we're built to you know beat teams by by three scores too. But I think when we get in these tight games, um, I think we're comfortable. Um, I think we understand what we have to do. Um, to, to kind of pull ourselves through. I think our coaches do a great job, too, you know, of, of just staying even kill staying balanced, you know, not being too high, or too low, and, you know, just continuing to kind of push that, that encouragement into us. And, um, you know, it's been paying off for us. And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, playing in December, you want to play your best ball. Um, so that, that's really the only thing that we're focusing on right now is how can we show up and, and be the best, you know, versions of ourselves.
5: Looks like we've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with
10: Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Taron, on your two interceptions, what did you see there that gave you sort of an indication of where Drew might go with the football? And just what does it say about, you know, kind of being down yourself two weeks ago when you maybe had some opportunities to make plays in the open field and then obviously coming and responding tonight?
4: Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, obviously, you know, when you get to the end of the game, end of the football game, you know, most teams are going to run – their favorite route concepts. I think for me, you know, just studying a lot of film, I I just kind of feel it. Um, and so I was able to kind of, you know, get underneath Judy on one of the plays. And, you know, uh, you know, it's such a long season. Um, it, I think it's really important to take it week by week. And uh, I think it's even more important to, you know, be hard on yourself. You know, obviously that there's critics out here and there's people that's gonna say stuff, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, for me, and no, no one is, is, is more critical of, of them of themselves than, than I am, and so it's all about me holding myself accountable and you know just realizing that you know not only can we all play better, but me personally, I can I can play a whole lot better.
3: The last two, Adam and Bob. Go ahead, Adam. Hey Tyron, um you clinched the playoff spot tonight. Um I know you have bigger goals yeah. than that, but do you take a minute to appreciate that? Or do you feel like uh, it's time to move on to Miami and
4: that's not really a goal that you have? Uh, to be honest, I didn't know that. Um, I, you know, we're just trying to win every game, you know. Um, but I think anytime, you know, you know, obviously we're grateful, you know, very fortunate. I think anytime you're able to win 10-plus games in this league, I think it's always a beautiful thing. Um, and anytime you're able to kind of control your own destiny, I think that's special. Um, so for us, it's all about believing in that, uh, believing in our coaches, um, and then just trying to find a way to turn the page, you know, each and every week, you know, um, and, and find a way to get better. We'll ask to Go
11: Hey, Tyron, this is a little similar to Sam's question, but did, with
5: each one of these wins by three points or two points or six points, did, did, does that
8: make you stronger? I mean, it, it, each one of these things, does it do something for you in particular?
4: Yeah, I I truly believe so. Um, Not only does it build character, you know, it builds trust too, you know, and you, you, you know, you may not play your best game, but, you know, if you're able to win the game, you go into that week realizing that, you know, wow, you know, you know, we actually trusted each other, we actually committed to each other. And, you know, that's the reason why we won the game. So, you know, I think for us is, you know, obviously we want to play well and dominate, but you know, when we get in these tough spots and these critical spots, um, it's all about leaning on each other. You know, um, it's all about the offense and the defense and the specialties. All of us are together, you know, and as long as we can kind of keep that, um, you know, I think we'll always be, you know, a tough team to beat.
2: There's the honey badger. Takes what he wants and he lived up to that tonight. Had seven tackles, four solo, one tackle for loss. He tied to Anthony Hitchens for the team lead in tackles tonight, both of them seven tackles four solos, but hey, that's what Tyron did. He got behind the line of scrimmage, made a tackle, made two interceptions. He leads the chiefs now with five picks on the year. He was the guy. He takes what he wants. And he was fantastic here in there. Go back to the lab. How about this? Andy Reed didn't tell him they clinched playoffs. If this was the Raiders. They would have been victory lapping champagne, popping corks. This team is focused on the prize. Let's go back inside that and hear from a guy that had eight catches, 136 yards and a touchdown, sounds of the game. Travis Kelsey, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's the man, five street seasons of 1,000 yards, never been done.
3: Hey, Travis, I know you're not really into stats and all that, but you became the first tight end ever to have a fifth um, 1,000-yard receiving season. Is that at all meaningful to you um, in light of what else is going on right now?
9: Um, not, I mean, it's, uh, it's something cool to, I guess, hang your hat on, uh, when the career is over, I would, I would assume right now I'm just focused on, you know, the task at hand, trying to win football games and, uh, uh gonna enjoy this one for a night with the, uh, with the family. And then from there, just, um, focus on Miami, but, uh, all that stuff. I mean, uh, this, this game is, you know, I'm not the same without 10 other guys on that football field playing their tail off. Uh, to move the ball down the field and uh, i'm a firm believer that uh, individual accolades are a bit overrated in this game um and uh you know i'm just appreciative of being here in kansas city and having uh the consistency that we've had over the past few years and uh just fortunate just very fortunate to be here next to darren smith good
7: there hey Travis, congratulations on the win tonight couple of questions uh when the offense stalls and you all end up having to kick a field goal I know the accuracy of Bucker is, is a good is something good to rely on, but how frustrating is it offensively that you all can't get the ball into the end zone? And then kind of following up as it relates to you all uh, clinching the playoffs. I know you've made the playoffs the last uh, uh, the last five years here uh, with Kansas City, but does the team deem success as just winning the Super Bowl? Now that you all have gotten that taste, or does qualifying and making the playoffs, you know, uh, is successful in you all's eyes?
9: Um, I mean, the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, we have goals within that. Winning the division is one of them. Trying to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs is another. And then uh, and then reaching the Super Bowl is obviously another. So it's just uh, trying to uh, take it game by game. You can't look too far ahead, um, knowing that, you know, uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Uh, I know I said shout out to the Raiders, but shout out to the Broncos uh, for for playing uh, very good defense i mean it is what it is they stuffed us in the in the red zone in the the past two times that we have played them we would had struggle. we struggled on third downs um and you know accepting that challenge every single week and 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 trying to become a better football team because of it is just the mentality that we have so uh moving on to miami next week and we'll roll from there it's gonna next to pete sweeney go ahead pete
8: hey travis congrats on the win I was curious when it comes to Patrick and these free plays, when you see those flags th- are thrown, is there a sense among you and the receivers and, and the other tight ends that, okay, this is on, we may be able to do something big here?
9: Um, in, a, in a sense, it also depends on what play is being called. I mean, you know, uh, there's, there's typically one, maybe two home run shots if we get somebody to jump off sides on a, on a, on, on a deep pass. Um, but at the same time, if we don't have a deep pass, you know, there's, there's a little bit of wiggle room to, to try and make a play happen, but, um, playing within the system, coach Reed is, is and, and the offensive staff EB has done, I've done an unbelievable job of, um, of creating a structure around that and, uh, and making it easier, uh, to basically communicate on the field while we're playing instinctually, um, to be in the right places. Another time was, uh, on the third down where the play kind of broke down and I had a drop, um, knowing that getting around that back or that ball is going to be right there um we, we're still developing as a, as a team and and i am as a person and as it and as a, and as, a uh, as a player so it's just um learning from your from your last mistake and trying not to make it again and uh, we just go from there let's go next to matt mcmullen good matt hey
5: travis so this is nothing new but uh, patrick made some great throws tonight contorting his body and different arm angles as a pass catcher, how much fun is that when the play is truly never dead because he's always going to find a way to get the ball out?
9: It's uh, you know, you always got a chance, and I'm not just saying always got a chance to win the game, but it, you got, you know, you, you know, you always have a chance throughout the play, um, and uh, and even if you know, they got us, they 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 sniffed out a, a certain play that that we were running, um, at the end of the day, Pat has the ability to make it work, and uh, and I mean it's it's such a blessing to have that guy back there. Uh, slinging it around, man, because he um, he takes the ultimate pride in his craft and how he plays the game, and you know you can always count on him. Let's go next to Sam McDowell.
10: Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, I'll have a follow-up, quick follow-up to this. Um, but, Travis, the, the, the play with Tyreek, uh, at what point on the sideline did you realize that he had actually caught that ball, and what was your reaction to that?
9: Um. The play with Tyreek, man. I feel like there were a few of them. Rick, to...
10: <laughs> he caught the touchdown in the uh first quarter, but you guys weren't able to review it in time.
9: Did you not oh, see Oh, yeah, no, that was unbelievable. Yeah, no, I um, I forgot about that play. Golly, it was uh, I mean, what an amazing catch, right? And uh, to be on the same page as your quarterback, knowing it's cover zero and he put the ball right where it needed to be, um, and have a guy like Tyreek Hill. I mean, the dead, the most deadliest weapon. Uh, that i've ever seen play this game and i i stand behind that every single week um he's good for for uh big plays throughout the entire game and you have to account for that and uh that obviously makes my job and everybody else's job on the field easier um but yeah i wish we would have had an extra tick to to throw a red flag or try and challenge that because um that guy's unbelievable man
10: and the the second one you you touched on this very briefly but the the broncos twice now were able, were pretty successful against you guys on third downs what were you seeing from them?
9: Um. Just uh, just them playing hard. I mean, I feel like uh, I don't want to say it was self-inflicted. I, I give props where when props are due, and I mean the Broncos played their tails off. And then on, on in terms of third down and in the red zone, they uh, they might have they might have had us a little bit there. But um, uh, we had a few batted balls, uh, and then just being on the same page as Pat uh, on a few other um, on a few other third downs. But um, we, we'll go ahead and look at the film obviously, and uh, and and figure everything out and find out where the mistakes are and try and clean that up.
2: Travis Kelsey, another big game, 8 for 136 and a score. Five straight years of 1,000 yards. He's unbelievable. living Over 1,100 yards already this season in 12 games, beating his own Super Bowl-era record from 2018. Huge thanks to Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Chiefs, and joining us. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, joining us. And as always, thanks to Kramer Sansone. Great job producing tonight. Don't forget tomorrow morning, 7.30, Derek Johnson on Fesco in the morning. 8.30, Dayton Hughes. 11 o'clock, Bill Moss on with Cody and Gold. Then Patrick Mahomes, 2.15 with number 15 with Carrington Harrison and Sean Levine at 2.15. Chiefs get the win. And for six seasons, Andy Reid has at least 11 wins with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's on to Miami now. Look forward to talking to you guys. Don't forget, Fesco in the Morning starts 558. See you guys. Good night.